It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into your daily source for the Cincinnati Reds throughout the offseason. This is the Locked On Reds podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff Carr. And here we go. What's happening, Reds fans? Welcome into the Locked On Reds podcast. It is a Thursday this week. Thanks so much for joining me today. We're going to finish the conversation with Wick Terrell. If you missed the first part, it's on yesterday's episode. We talked about Adam Dunn. We talked about strikeouts, all that good stuff. Today, we're going to jump into some hot stove talk. Look at some guys the Reds could go after, kind of hash out some scenarios and whatnot. You're not going to want to miss it. First, though, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs and follow the show at Lockdown Reds and save that Lockdown Reds line number into your phone, 513-549-0159. I want to hear your reactions to what Wick and I talk about here in just a moment. We're going to play some of those on Friday, 513-549-0159. Now, without further ado, here is the final part of my conversation with Wick Terrell. Well, speaking of the idea of who they should keep between Aquino or Winker or something like that, I think that's a perfect segue into just some hot stove talk, talking about some rumors and different things of that nature. There's been plenty of free agency rumors, and, and we hear all of this good stuff coming from Dick Williams and Nick Crawl, like Dick Williams saying, we're going to spend more, we're going to be a player in free agency. Nick Crawl saying things like, contending is an insult, we want to be a winner, and yeah, that fired me up whenever I read that, but in a good way. And um, but, but all this different stuff between all of the names, and especially when it comes to like the trades and things of that nature, what do you put more credence on? And, and, and what, what um, when you look at these different rumors and stuff, what stands out to you the most? Um, what stands out to me, I think, is that they're interested in free agents just in general, which is just something we've not – seen the Reds ever do. Um, you know, Francisco Cordero got four years and what, $45 million in 2007, 2008. Oh, um, <clears throat> yeah. And since then you've seen what, uh, two years, 16 million to Ryan Ludwig, uh, the, the back to back to back, uh, two year deals to Miguel Cairo and Jack Hanahan and Skip Schumacher. Right. Um, and that's it, you know, that and the occasional reliever, the, the, the $5 million deals to, David Hernandez and uh, uh, to Jared Hughes, and that's it. So the fact that they're even linked to guys like Desmondi Grandal and Diego Gregorius and uh, 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 Marcelo Zuna, Howie Kendrick, um, Nick Castellanos, all those guys, just even being interested in them, I, I think is the biggest development here because um, to me that signals a shift in uh, philosophy. And whether or not it's, it's need-based or if it's just from the top down, um, it's going to be interesting. Obviously, they traded a lot of prospect depth last year and graduated some of it as well. Um, they don't have the ability to be able to, to lean on their farm system to go get uh, the kind of impact players that they did uh, via trade last year, I don't think, um, which means what? If they're going to find better players, they got to do it in free agency. And uh, for me, it's interesting because 
Um, it's hard to figure out if that's a one-year thing uh, because of where the farm system is right now or if every season heading into the offseason we can begin to expect the Reds to actually be players in free agency because for the longest time you know everybody who all, all of us in the, the Reds blogosphere trying to figure out what the heck it is they're going to do to get better for the next year um, I, I don't think I wrote an article about a free agent for the last five years because why you know they're, right. they, 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 were, they weren't going to so you knew what they were working with it was just a matter of making uh, making the right deal and finding somebody to say yes now if it's just money uh, that opens up a whole nother wing of how they can get themselves better. Um, it opens up a wing for how they can get themselves worse and more hamstrung potentially as well. Um, but it opens up a whole new arena that we've not covered at all before. And so that it's, it's less about the names to me and more about that. They're even dipping their toes in that water. And hopefully it's more than just, you know, coach speak front office speak. And they actually do pursue those avenues. Cause I think there are some pretty quality free agents out there this winter. You're right. That's that's the one thing that's I've been so encouraged about is that there's plenty to talk about, and it's not just pipe dreams or us throwing out ideas that we're like, well, it'd be awesome if they go after this guy, but we know they're not. Because there, there's national writers, there's uh, beat reporters from other teams that are talking about how active they see the Reds, and I mean, there was a guy for the St. Louis Post Dispatch that did an interview with Dick Williams and Nick Crawl, and I'm like. Why? Right. Yeah. That that never happens. Like we're only seeing hmm. interviews by Bobby Nightingale and by C. Trent and and those guys that are talking to him. And all we're getting, at least the last couple of years, all we were getting were, well, you know, we're going to look and we're going to turn over every stone and look to get better. And it just ended up in minor league free agents that got invites to spring training. <laughs> and, you know, the, the, the signings where we got to squint really hard to see any sort of impact at all. Now, national guys are like, oh yeah, they're totally getting Grandall. They're totally getting Gregorius. They're totally going to make a huge play to try and trade for Mookie Betts. Like, I love it. I love yeah. it. I love this. And for me, it's a, it also casts a different light on some of the moves that they made that I really, really hated at the time. You know, like I hated trading Taylor Trammell to get Trevor Bauer. I hated yeah. giving up Jeter Downs and Josiah Gray to get the massive deal from Los Angeles last year. Why? Um, I was operating under the fact that the Reds had limited resources to, to make trades with, and that's the only way they could get better. Because right. free agency wasn't an option. And if you're trading those guys for the guys you brought in, you can't trade them for other players later that might be around longer or be better fits. Now, I, if you're going to go sign uh, uh, Marcelo Zuna and Yasmani Grandal, okay, I don't care as much about the fact that you traded uh, Taylor Trammell. You know? Sure, fine. Okay, spend the money. You know, If it's just money and you have it now – um, trade all the prospects because you could always fix it later in free agency. It's a it's a whole new world to kind of operate in, provided, and this is all still speculative because until they actually sign on the bottom line, I'll believe it when I see it when they sign big name free agents. Um, but it does make some of the moves they made over the last calendar year make a lot more sense uh, now than they did at the time when you know we were kind of considering they were operating against the same old Reds, which is. If we can't trade for them, we're not getting them, you know? Well, and there's a there's a question, too, that I might borrow as well from the Hunt for Rides October. Coop's going to kill me on Twitter, but I just thought <laughs> of this one. Um, 
They had a question from a listener, and it was, if the Reds can't get Grandall or Gregorius in the free agency, who else do they go after? And I think that that is a fascinating thing because most most people are linking both of those guys to the Reds, and all we hear is high reports. Because, I I mean, Grandall, for me at least, when I look at the different rumors and stuff for all the different players between Ozuna, Castellanos, Gregorius, Grandall – all those guys. Grandall is the most coveted dude, I would think, from my standpoint. Who is the main guy that you're going for? And then also, to borrow from that question, if they can't get those guys, who else do they look at? Yeah, you know, we, we talked about that on the uh, the old Red Reporter podcast uh, a couple days ago as well, which is that uh, where the Reds are right now, I don't think they can afford – um, and affords an interesting word to come out of my mouth there. Uh, I don't think they can afford uh, to to hype that they're going to chase all these guys, to say that they're going to jack payroll up, that they're going to contend, and then get outbid and just say, "Well, we tried." You know, they've they've got to come away with something. They really, really do. And so when you look at you know uh, all of the trade rumors that you're not trade rumors, but the free agent rumors that have circled around, um, I think you're almost seeing them build in their contingency plans there. Um, say, for instance, that, that Yasmani Grandal is their top target. Well, you saw last year, they thought they needed an upgraded catcher. They tried to get JT Real Muto. When they didn't get him, they didn't trade for a catcher. Why? Because Real Muto is on a whole other level. There are only so many catchers in that, in that tier. Uh, I think Grandal is in that tier. And so if you don't get him, um, I don't necessarily think, oh, well, you go after the next best catcher because the next best catcher is so significantly worse than Grandall that that's not necessarily an upgrade on what you have. Um, and if you don't spend the money there, where else do you spend it? Um, I think we walked away from kind of hashing that out ourselves uh, that I think Didi Gregorius is the best uh, must-have guy. Uh, yeah. because of the shortstop position right now and who's in the system. I mean, when you're talking about adding Alfredo Rodriguez to the 40-man roster to protect him for Rule 5 as a 25-year-old who uh, can't hit his weight in double A, uh, <laughs> that's because there's no other shortstop in the, in the system. I mean, Jose Garcia is in an advanced A ball right now and um, hopefully will continue to progress, but he's at most two years away. Uh, there's nobody else uh, unless you trust Jose Peraza again. So I think Gregorius is the guy that you almost – He's the most seamless fit. Uh, Grandall is a luxury because I don't think catcher's the problem. It's not a strength for the Reds, but it's not a problem. Um, I think he's the guy that would bring the most value to the Reds. But for the same reason, he's going to be the most coveted catcher on the market. And if the Reds just aren't willing to pay four years and $80 million because that's what it gets to, well, I get that because that might happen. With Gregorius, I think you kind of have to walk away with him. Um, But at the same point in time, you start looking at interesting guys like Marcelo Zuna and Castellanos and corner outfielders, and you're like, wait a minute, they've got corner outfielders. Well, they do, but if they don't get Grandall and suddenly they're trying to work out other ways to make themselves better, maybe they have to trade from their surplus in the outfield. And if you do that, you backfill by signing a guy like Ozuna maybe. So um, for me, I think Gregorius is the one that you target and say, we can get him. With Grandall, I think he's worth chasing. And if you manage to get him, you've made a huge, huge upgrade. Uh, but there is a very real chance that his price will reach the point where it doesn't make any sense anymore. Um, and then the Reds are going to have to get creative. And I think they will have to get creative because they can't just say, well, we had $20 million set aside to pay them this year, didn't get them, so we're just going to keep that. they got to spend that elsewhere. And I think that's why you're seeing them cast such a broad net because um, there's no guarantee you get any of these guys. But I do think Gregorius is the one that they should say, we're going to get them. It's budgeted in, we get them. And that's the best upgrade they can make right there. 
There's more grumblings and rumblings about the rumors and thoughts that are surrounding the Reds offseason here in just a moment. But first, Blue Chew is the generic form with the same active ingredient as Viagra or Cialis. So it's going to give you a performance boost in the bedroom. And you're going to get it when you need it because it's a chewable form. So just chew it and do it with Blue Chew. And now through this introductory offer, you can go to bluechew.com and enter promo code MLB to get your first order for free. You just pay $5 in shipping. What you do is you fill out an online questionnaire for their online pharmacist, and then they send it to you in a discreet package. So there's no awkward in-office doctor visits. You don't have to worry about waiting in line at the pharmacy. It gets sent to you through bluechew.com and enter promo code MLB for your free first order today. You just pay $5 in shipping. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank them for sponsoring the Locked On Reds podcast. I've sort of bought into this narrative, and I'm curious on what your thoughts are, that that Nixon's uh, would be better suited at second base. And I, and I think that narrative actually started even when he was in the minor leagues because everyone that was talking about his scouting reports and things of that nature were saying, look, he profiles better defensively. He's, he's like a very, very good de- defensive second baseman, and we know what his bat's going to be like. Do you agree that the Reds should – if if they're looking to make a move in in the case of center field or second base, do you think that they should target a center fielder before they target a second baseman? I think it's a really uh, good luxury to have to be able to be flexible on both ends, honestly, which is a good way of not answering that question. Um, <laughs> but it's also uh, uh, I mean I, we were talking about this as well. Uh, you look up going into last year, you had. Uh, what Matt Kemp, Scott Shebler, Yasiel Puig, all as part of the outfield situation, all of whom aren't here anymore. Um, so when you go into the 2020 on paper and say, oh, well, we've got Winker, we've got Sinzel, we've got Aquino. Yeah, you had all them last year, too. And you still had like four other outfielders that you needed over the course of the season because of just how things shook out. Um, so, you know, uh, while in a dream world, it would be nice to just roll out Winker, uh, Senzel, Aquino every day. Um, you're going to need Phil Irvin for hundreds of at-bats. You're going to need somebody else for hundreds of at-bats out there, too. Um, I think they should pursue somebody else who can play center field. Um, how big they want to swing in that regard, I, it kind of depends on how they address the other options out there. Um, but the concept of adding a very, very high-impact person who can capably play center field – I think it's a great idea. You know, I, I'm, I've always been on board with the, uh, you know, try to get four outfielders, 500 plate appearances, and then if one of them or two of them significantly outperform everybody else, that's who plays down the stretch. Um, but a rotation like that, I think, is absolutely what you need. Um, factor in Winker and Senzel both coming off uh, shoulder issues. Uh, yeah, I would 100% go get a center fielder and or a guy who can play center field and a corner spot uh, as well. Um, and you see how things go. And if everything works out perfectly, uh, Senzel comes back, his shoulder's not an issue, but you move him to second base because you've acquired a whole lot of good outfield depth as well. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's the kind of thing you build in uh, to not put all of the pressure on Nick Senzel has to perform because um, that's not what you need to do to a guy that, that is A, coming off labrum surgery and B, still that young in his career. Let's do a little uh, either or. Would you rather hamstring the budget and sign Grandall to kind of like you said, a four-year, $80 million deal, maybe 
let's push it four years at $85 million. Or would you rather hamstring the farm system and make a trade and get Mookie bets? Ooh. Uh, four years of Grandal versus one year of Mookie. Um, that's, that's, a, that's a tough one. Um, I, I, w- I would lean more towards uh, – uh, I think you go get Mookie, honestly. Um, yeah. You know, we're at the point where uh, 2020, they've hyped it up. We've been waiting for it for seven years now. Um, yeah. Because if you get if you get Mookie, you get him for one year and probably $29, $30 million worth of payroll space. Um, maybe 2020, you just blow the budget off and you go sign somebody else too. Maybe you sign them both, you know, um, and you make that the, the, the way you go. And then after 2020 Mookie's off the books, Trevor Bauer's off the books and you shed $50 million from payroll and you sort it out after the fact. But, uh, I think, um, you go for the guy who is the MVP caliber player, if you can get him, and you sort it out after the fact. I like that idea too, because in, I think it's widely known and widely understood from folks who watch him that he would make a seamless transition to center field, which would kind of galvanize the entire outfield when you got him there and really then you could just uh, fill in the corners with some version of Aquino, Winker, and Irvin and maybe you move Senzel out to a corner outfield every now and then you get Galvis at bats at second base or shortstop and all that different stuff. I, I would love to see that trade because I'm also of the mind that it's time to stop worrying about prospects, at least for a few years, and just maybe reset the farm system a little bit. You don't have to trade everybody, but you know, if you take two or three of those big prospects off the top of the list to get Mookie Betts and say you get a deep playoff run, you know, fingers crossed, Lord willing, even a World Series ring, th- then we're okay with hitting the reset button on the farm system, at least – at least that's my point of view there when it comes to all of that. Yeah, one hundred percent. I've always operated under the fact that uh, you know, one one eight win player is significantly better than two four win players um, because there are limited financial resources and limited roster resources. So you can't just keep stacking on four win guys. Uh, you get one eight win guy, you get him, and uh, you deal with it down the road. But I agree, you know, the flags fly forever, yada yada yada. If you get a guy, if you can get a guy like Mookie. Um, sign everybody, sign Didi, sign Yasmani and go for it. And if you don't win, well, you sort it out after the fact, but you only get so many opportunities to actually land a guy of the caliber of Mookie Betts. Um, if it's a possibility and they're willing to say yes to your offer, you do it. <laughs> right. And, and, and yeah, and I, I totally agree with that. I'm, I'm really hoping, I mean, we've got plenty of time between now and spring training, but it's going to be fun. It's going to be busy. Uh, dude, I appreciate your time. We've been talking a lot. Uh, one last thing before we go, though, is something that I noticed that C. Trent had a piece talking about the Rule 5 draft, guys who are going to be protected and add to the 40-man roster and things of that nature, and guys who may not be protected. And there was an interesting name on there, something that it, it uh, struck my uh, curiosity and what you think about this, but Brandon Finnegan was on the list of guys that the Reds are not going to worry about protecting. It, do you think that there's enough interest in another team to maybe try and fix him, or is he unfixable, and have we seen the last of Brandon Finnegan on a major league mound? That's a really good question. Um, that's one of those ones where having not physically seen him throw, um, I just don't know. And that's one of those ones where um, I, I think uh, the medical reports – 
that I and you and we don't have access to are going to make that decision. I don't think there's going to be anything about who Brandon Finnegan could be and could have been at one point that they're going to call time on. I think they're going to say, does his shoulder look like it has a shot? And if it does, they'll find a way to keep him. Uh, if they think that there's no chance that it does, you'll see him left unprotected. Because I think, obviously, if he could get healthy again, that's not a guy you leave out there at all. You 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 keep him in-house because you can never have enough of those. I just don't know what kind of spaghetti and duct tape is in that shoulder right now, both, both <laughs> of his shoulders right now. Um, and without having a chance to see that, I just don't know. Because uh, if he's at all healthy – I don't think that's a guy you leave exposed. Um, there's, there's, because that's exactly the kind of player. If you're the Reds, you're looking for uh, from other teams, because um, that's the the beauty of the Rule Five Draft. If you you get them and you like them, you keep them. If you don't, you what pay the fifty grand and ship them back, and that's how it goes. And so, yeah, I'm I'm as interested to see as anyone else because I think if we'll, we'll get an indication of how healthy I think the Reds think he is based on whether or not they what what, what happens with him at this particular uh, uh, juncture. It's kind of up to Cody Reed, really, to defend what little bit of a return we got for Johnny Cueto. It's it's sad to think of, because at the time, I think we all declared that a win-win deal. Oh, yeah. And uh, I, I am still excited and hopeful for Cody Reed. I think we could have seen a lot more out of him last year if he hadn't had the knee issue. Um, but him working with this entire revamp pitching staff, I I am optimistic that he can have the kind of emergence that you saw from Robert Stevenson, you've seen from Amir Garrett. Because uh, the talent's there, and knock on wood, it's, it's not his arm that's been the problem. It was the knee that was the problem. And I think we'll see, I'm optimistic we see some big things from Cody Reed in the next year. Shout out to Steve Offenbaker. He had a great interview with Cody Reed a couple of weeks ago. If you haven't yes. listened to that, go check that out. Uh, Wick, man, I thank you so much for your time. As always, always fun to talk to you. Uh, what do you guys got going on in the offseason over at Red Reporter? Oh, wow. Well, yeah, we've got um, – uh, we dive into trade rumors as often as we possibly can. We've, we've, uh, we gave about a month break on the podcast, but we're trying to get that back up and running once a week, especially if the Reds are in the news as much as we expect them to be. Um, but, yeah, we'll be doing that. We're, we're still working on some of our kind of uh, uh, player profiles and the guys that wrapped the 2019 season and some of the free agent targets we'll have going on this winter as well. Um, so, yeah, we, we should be uh, – uh, having plenty of takes over at redreporter.com. So uh, swing by and see what we've got going on when you get a chance. Wick, thanks, man. Talk to you soon. Yep. Thanks for having me. That'll do it for today. Like I said, make sure you get those texts and those calls into the Locked On Reds line at 513-549-0159. We're going to go over all of that tomorrow. Your questions, your comments, your reactions, send them into the Locked On Reds line. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. If you missed any part of my talk with Wick Terrell, go back and make sure that you've got them all downloaded. And the best way to do that is to subscribe. You'll get every episode into your podcasting queue. Just hit that subscribe button. Thanks so much for listening to today's Locked On Reds podcast. My name is Jeff Carr, and I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 